This is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Jenny Mars, everyone. Welcome, Jenny. It's so good to have you on. For those of you who do not know, this is my sweet friend, Jenny Mars. She is host of Fixer to Fabulous on HGTV. I think you're going into what, your fifth season? Yes, we are. Yes, we're filming our fifth season right now. It'll be airing this fall. Yes. Wow. And you've got a book coming out. Yes. You've got a brick and mortar store a mercantile um yes. and you have now launched a furniture line i'm like blunt plus you have five kids so yeah no big deal you <laughs> no don't big have deal. anything going on at all i know Jenny, and i didn't get ready today because we're not filming so i realized we're filming it's so okay. just ignore that's okay this is, this is a non-filming this is, day this is a real life this is real life <laughs> i yes. love it <laughs> well, thank you for carving out time for us in your yes. busy schedule. Um, oh, of course. So I will give a little backstory here for everyone about how Shay and I met you guys. I, yes. I think that we discovered you during quarantine. You had just yeah. put out your first season and we just totally binge watched Fixer to Fabulous. I'm such a home fixer person. Um, and y'all are from Arkansas and we're from Arkansas. Yes. And we were like, we love them and we love what <laughs> you're doing. Um, love your passion and your heart for pix- fixing up and restoring um, historic homes and really building community around that. Um we we just it resonates so much with us. His dad's a builder too, as you know. Yeah. Um, and I think Shay immediately reached out and was like, "We're going to be friends with Dave." Like, <laughs> and so funny. I love it took it. us a little while to catch you guys, but we finally caught you. Um, yeah. And we were huggers, and yes, I knew that it was going to be friendship <laughs> from the start. So <laughs> love yes. that uh, that you guys have been put in our lives. And um, I'm just going to toss it over to you. And I guess I'll okay. ask you. The number one question here about your life, um, it's wild and it's crazy. If someone had told you five to Mm -hmm. ten years ago, could you have imagined that your life would be what it is right now? No. (laughs) And I actually think um, that's a good thing. I think we were, Dave and I were actually just talking about this yesterday. It's kind of funny that you asked that because we were talking about how in many things with our life, we don't really, we haven't really had these like grand plans. Um, it's more of, okay, God, how can you use us now? And I thought about that when um, when I was writing my book, I was telling the story of moving, originally moving to Arkansas and just taking that first step of saying, yes, I'll move. And not, it, had I known then all that was going to come, I would have been mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Like had God said, here's all the great stuff. Here's all the hard stuff that's going to happen to you. I probably would have said, I'm good. Thanks. No, I just want to you. stay safe and comfortable. Um, and I think the same thing for the show. We were talking about that. You know, if we would have known when we said yes, we said yes to a sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. And we first said no to everything. And then we we're like, okay, fine. We'll just do a sizzle reel. And then we we're like, okay, we'll just do the pilot because then that'll be just a fun thing that we'll do one time and that'll be the end of it. And so it was just like this one step after another. And I think that is the only way to approach something big and scary is just doing one step at a time. So I think if I would have known, I would have said, no, no, thank you. That sounds insane. (laughs) 
And I actually, I'm, now that we're saying this, I'm like, let me pull this up. I was just reading, I've been reading through Deuteronomy this week or this month. And um, Deuteronomy 7, 21 through 22. I love this verse. And it's something that I've read many times and it never really stood out. I never really noticed it, but I really mm-hmm. this week noticed it. And it has applied in so many ways this this past couple of weeks, actually. No, do not be afraid of those nations, for the Lord your God is among you, and he is a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will drive out those nations ahead of you, little by little. You will not clear them away all at once, for if you did, the wild animals would multiply would multiply too quickly for you. That's Deuteronomy 7, 21 through 22. And I had highlighted the words little by little. And I think like that applies to so many things in life and I love that God specifically says, I'm going to do this little and one little step at a time, because if I did it all at once, the land would actually be ruined because all the wild animals would take over. And the Israelites couldn't understand that at the time. They just wanted to go and get the land. And so it didn't make sense to them. Why do I have to do it in just these little chunks? Why is it taking so long? But he knew and he was doing the whole process was for their good. And I think that applies so much in life. Just that that term, little by little, I have used so many times over the past couple of weeks. Um, I have a friend who's fostering and they're in the process of trying to get the adoption and all of the steps that that takes of all the court and all the things. And we just keep, te- I, I've, every once in a while, she'll text me or I'll text her little by little. And just as a reminder, like it just one step, one day at a time. So I think it yes. applies in so many ways. Yeah. I uh, love it. And you're so right. And that's like how our faith walk is, yes. isn't it? Like yes. You, yes. you can't really see what's ahead. Right. But you're like, okay, God, I'll like take this one little baby step. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like he leads you to the next thing and the next. Right. But if we saw the whole picture and like maybe the valley <laughs> in front of us, we'd be like, yeah. I'm not going there. Exactly. So, yes. And it, yes. it's kind of like the verse, you know, your word is a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. And you yes. think like— in the darkness, if you have a lamp and you're just holding it at your feet and you yes. can only see like the steps that, in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love yeah, that you pulled so that out. I know. I've well, never that, noticed that I know. I had never known. I mean, I've read that before and l- that little phrase has stood out and has been so good. I love that. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. A living word. There you go. Yeah. Well, amazing. Yes. Okay. Well, um, when you did, after you did the sizzle reel, tell us like what yes. followed that. Okay, so we did a sizzle, um, which is crazy because Charlotte was two at the time. Like, we have this little video still somewhere in the files and the archives of this five-minute sizzle reel that we did. And the kids were all there, and Charlotte was two, which now she's nine. So that's just been—I know, it's crazy. Um, So we submitted that, and then they called and said they wanted to do a pilot. We were actually, as a family, spending a month in, at the time when they called, we were in South Africa and Zimbabwe, and we were standing in South Africa. Dave and I were out on the porch of our place that we were staying at, and um, they called and said, we want to do a pilot. And we were like, "Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know that we do. But we had just, I I had just gotten back from Zim to, to meet with our leader there for our nonprofit work Mm -hmm. that we do. And we both, I mean, I think um, obviously God knew the timing, but the timing was so perfect because 
basically we said, okay, if we do this, it'll probably just be a pilot, which is great. It's That's all we want. Right. We don't want a whole thing. But we'll do it as a way to try to get a little bit more light, a little more influence, a little more whatever for uh-huh. the work that's being done by our amazing leaders in Zimbabwe. And we had just left there. And so we're like, that was, we're like super passionate. You know, we really wanted to do as much as we could there with our team there. And we're like, you know what, maybe the show is happening so that we could, we could tell people about this work. And um, so that's why we said yes. And it's, it's awesome that it happened, that they called us in South Africa, because we were in the middle of all of this. And we're like, that's, you know, and to this day, that's still our reason why that we said yes to do it was just Mm to try to share, you know, use it as we use it as a ministry, really. Um, Right. But yeah, so that we so we did the pilot. That was June um, 2017. And then that aired in the fall and they picked up a season, which we were like not expecting. We The pilot was just crazy because we had to do, we renovated a house um, that was built in the late 1800s, I think, or early 1900s. I can't remember the exact day, but we renovated it in uh, just about one month. And it was so crazy to try to figure out because we'd been renovating and building for a long time since 2004 mm-hmm. is when Dave started the business. And so that wasn't new to us, but trying to figure right. out how to renovate a house on a production timeline and right. actually get it done in a, such a short time and have camera crews there filming Right. So you you trying to you're trying to work, but then you have to stop right. the work so you can talk. I mean, it, it was just right. so different, and we couldn't figure out. We're like, how can we get this done? And we did it, and we thought that was the most exhausting, insane, crazy thing we've ever done. We'll never do that again. That was fun. Check it off the list. <laughs> cool. You know, move on. And then they they asked us to do a season, and we we're like, I don't know how we could possibly do a whole season. And at the time they wanted eight episodes and um, it just felt so daunting. But we said yes and we figured it out. And um, that was in 2018 we filmed and then we were just about to wrap the season and they called and said they wanted two more episodes. And I started crying because I was like, I just can't do it. I don't know how. I just didn't have the band. I was like, I need a break. There's no way I could do it two more. There's no way. Right. And so we actually took a month off, had some downtime, and then we came back and did the last two. And then right after we wrapped, a week after we wrapped, I found out I was pregnant with Luke, which was a total, so such a surprise. I mean, huge, huge shock. Um, and I was like, okay, if this happens, if we do another season next year, I don't know how I'm going to do this while I'm pregnant or with a newborn. Right. There's just, I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't understand how mm-hmm. we could possibly pull this off because the day, the hours we worked and the time, everything, it was just so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it turns out that our show didn't air. So the network had been purchased. They were going through a merger. Uh-huh. And so our show didn't air. We finished filming in 2017 and it didn't air until 2019 that fall. Luke was born in 2000. No, I'm sorry. We finished it in 2018. I'm sorry. We filmed 2018. And then we basically had all of 2019 off from filming. Uh We were still working, but we had our normal jobs that were much easier to manage. And I was pregnant. I was pregnant that whole time. We weren't filming. Luke was born that summer. We got to have just newborn, sweet Mm. time at home with him. 
the show finally aired in November. So he was um, June to November, however old that is, June, July, August, September, five months. Um, so he was still little, but he was old enough that I had had those newborn days at home right. with him and didn't have the pressure to go film. So it was such a gift. And Ugh. so everything about it was unexpected. And at the time, we honestly didn't know if the season would ever even air because they were... right. The network was going through all these changes. They kept right. changing the name of the show, the format. Everything was up in the air. And it was kind of like one of those things we literally just had to op- hand it again over to God and say, mm-hmm. your will, not ours. Because part of it, I didn't really, I never really wanted it to air because it kind of was this little secret thing that we did and we didn't have to worry about our lives changing. Mm-hmm. But then I also was like, but we worked really hard and I kind of the work. like, yeah, and we're like, we kind of want people to see it, I guess. So it was a little bit conflicting. Um, but the timing that it aired was awesome because Luke, I was able to have him. We actually renovated our house at that time, moved all the kids around to different bedrooms. We're renovating again right now. It's just what we do. But um, <laughs> we were able to do all of that and not have the cameras around. And so it was really sweet. So then 2019, the show aired and... We started filming again in um, February of 2020, and then the pandemic hit, and we never stopped. We were down for two weeks, but we had to film all of 2020, and it was why it was crazy. Obviously, um, for everyone, the world was crazy. So that was a really bizarre time. But I also look back and I think the timing, per- like God is so good that the timing of the show airing for us personally, was perfect mm-hmm. because of our family mm-hmm. um, and Luke being born. But then the timing of it airing for the world, seeing it, the nation, was really wonderful yes. because people were stuck at home. Like you said, that's how you yeah. started watching it. And yes. that's when most people started watching these shows. They were stuck at home. Yeah. And God just, I feel like we heard, we've heard so many stories of people that were like, you know, had hard stories during COVID or even right after that watched our show that were like, we did. We worked really hard to make it, but we never imagined it being something like we were just trying to renovate homes and make them really beautiful and tell right. good stories of our fam- homeowners right. along the way. But we never thought this is going to be um, mm. a type of a ministry where we're yeah. encouraging people. And we, I mean, we knew we wanted it to be a positive thing that people could watch with their whole families. Sure. Um, and we wanted it to be really authentic. That was something we said from the start. But just the way that God has been able to use it has been really cool because people do watch it. Oh, we have so many little kids that watch our show. And like, I, I just love that. I love that um, in a in a world where, as you know, like entertainment industry is a, is can be really a dark place. Mm-hmm. And to just be able to say, Lord, use us as a light in that space, mm-hmm. however you see fit. Um it's been, it's been good. It's been hard. It's a lot of work and it's Ugh. hard. And, you know, I mean, it's a lot, um, but it's, it's been really good to see how God has used it. Yes. And, you know, you know, my favorite thing about this, and it's, it's fresh right now because I'm doing a series on the life of David, yes. um, but in his early years when he's anointed, you know, God chose him because of his heart posture. It wasn't because of what he was doing. Yes, he was a servant. Yes, he was a shepherd. But his heart posture was one that was just God first. He he had a heart after God's own heart. And Mm -hmm. it's just what you said. You know, you were were doing ministry work, and you're like, well, we'll do this, but Mm -hmm. we'll only do it 
so that, you know, people can know more about this work. Like right. your heart posture wasn't, we don't want to do this for us. We don't want to do this right. period, really. Right. Yes. But we'll do it if if it's if it's yes. something that um that could be a blessing. Yes. And that is why God calls the unexpected. I mean, that is yeah. that is why God chooses who he chooses and that heart posture is so important. And then like next he has the years of preparation. And so yes. I don't know. Yes. I can just like see the parallels there yes. of God mm-hmm. preparing you, preparing you, mm-hmm. and then giving you a season of rest, right? Yes. Before yes. you step into the next chapter, which is yep. where you are now. I mean, it's isn't it's crazy. You've got a book, yes. you've got a furniture line, right. you've right. got I think another show coming out. Like you have yes. yeah. so much going on. You just got back from Italy, right? Yeah, we were there this summer. We're actually leave again tomorrow. Dave and I are going okay. to check on the house there. Yeah. So we're renovating a house for some friends of ours. And um, it's going to be another show. It'll be a spinoff series. It'll be Fiction Fabulous Italiano. Um, but it is actually a really cool God story, too, because last summer... Well, I would say two years ago, we were in Italy as a family. We have some friends. Um, their names are Rebecca and Pierre, and we've been friends with them for probably 15 years. And Rebecca has lived in Florence since her early 20s, but um, she's originally, she's um, Dutch. And then her husband, Pierre, is French, but they live in Italy. And um, they have two boys who are just a little bit younger than our twins are. Mm-hmm. So our twins are 13. Their boys are 12 and 11, or 11 and 10. I can't remember. They're all right in there. Close. Um, So we were there two years ago. And at the time, Italy had just opened back up after the pandemic. And we wanted to go back and visit and see our friends there um, and just go when it was quiet. And we did. And it was amazing. But um, at the time, Rebecca and Pierre were looking for a home because they were, they had lived in Florence in an apartment. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, they were stuck in the apartment and it was so hard. And they're like, we need to get to the countryside. So they were looking and houses were super inexpensive because of um, the pandemic. And so they were looking and we were like, oh my gosh, cute. And it was just so fun. So we were like looking at stuff with them and it was just exciting. Like the house hunt being, it was just so different. (laughs) And you know, you're in Italy, you're like, this is so cool. So anyhow, since that trip, you know, it, for about a year, they looked and she would text me links and see what I thought. And I would show them to Dave and we'd compare and we'd go back and forth. So we were kind of part of their house hunt process all along. And it was really fun. So they finally found a place. They got it. And last summer when we were there, we visited it. We saw it. They We actually stayed there one night and we were like, this is such a perfect place. And they had all these grand dreams to renovate it. And one of the things they really want to use the space for is to welcome people in, make it kind of like a um, vacation rental, but more of an experience, mm-hmm. kind of like what we did at the Welcome Inn. And so we were just kind of dreaming together and they were asking us questions about what we did. And I don't remember who, I probably Dave, because this seems like a Dave thing. So it's probably Dave's idea. But Dave was like, we should, we should help you renovate it and do it as a show. And I was like, there's no way that the net, like our production, like how would we pull that off? There's just no way. And we sat around at dinner one night. The kids, I remember it was just so fun because we at, 
one of their friends was in town also, and they were Scottish and Italian. And so the kids were running around, all of our kids, there was a ton of them. And there was English, <laughs> French, Italian, and then like a Scottish accent. Like it was just so fun. They were having, they were just all having the most fun together. And there were all these different languages and accents. And it just was such a picture of just hospitality and the the kingdom of God, like all, everybody just, like these kids are just the innocence of them and being friends mm. and all of that. Anyway, we were sitting there, we were dreaming about their project and we were asking them, would you be interested in doing this as part of a show? And again, it was such a far-fetched idea, but it they said yes. And we went back and pitched it and eventually they the network said yes, the production company said yes. And it has been so crazy because we started it last, well, we went over last fall and then we started the project in February of this year. Okay. And Luke just came up here. Anyway, he, um, so we should be done. We're going back next week or tomorrow. We'll be there all next week. And then we think we'll be done in December, but it's been a learning. I mean, again, such a learning process, like just the everything about the permitting and all of that, but then the way they build is so, I mean, everything's different. Everything's crazy. Well, Jenny, I so admire about you that your family is so bold and that you really do say yes. You pick up wherever God is asking and you're like, okay, we'll do it. And I don't know what it looks like. And you're right. A lot of things that God asks us to do are not easy. Like it's not something that we necessarily would have chosen for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is like the beautiful part about life. It's like you got to sit there in Italy and watch those kiddos run around. Mm -hmm. And my other favorite part about you, I was thinking about this over the last few days. I was like, you know, my favorite part about Jenny is that she, as crazy as her life is, has the perspective of seeing God in everything. You see Mm -hmm. God in like the little moments, all of your captions, all of your Instagram, everything points back to God in it. And I just think that that is special and that's a gift. And it, again, is a testament to your heart and your heart posture and why God chose you to do Mm -hmm. all of these things. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm just so proud of you as a friend. Thank you. And I've loved watching. You You know, the thing about the Italy show is I love— I love the country there. I love the people, the language, everything. Like this, the feeling when we're there as a family, our kids love it because it's sort of like a step back in time. Like they can run around and just be kids. And there's just this, I don't know, this kids are just so loved there. Um, there's not like, oh, be quiet. Like they, they're welcome right. they're everywhere. They're part of the community. They're they part are. of it. It's amazing. They go out and play place soccer while we're having dinner. And anyway, but at the same time, I am so afraid of flying. I I don't, I can't, it's one of the things that I've had lots of crazy stories with flying, but I just, it's a fear of mine that I've been working on forever. But every time I have to get on the plane, like tomorrow I have to fly over there and it's not, I mean, why, God, why do I have to go somewhere so far away? (laughs) I say it all the time. Um, But I think he does, he, he planted that, love for a place that's far away and for people Mm -hmm. that I'm really, I I care deeply for and I want to go and spend time with and see. And the only way to get there is to get on an airplane and literally have to battle a fear every single time. And I think that it's, I don't know, it's become, it's, it's become a sweet time, I guess, between 
like between the Lord and I, when we're on a plane, even though I'm terrified, it has become like, he's taught me like, this is, this is the, like, you have to do this because you are afraid and you have no control. Right. This is the time when I'm, you know, completely, there's the nothing dependent I can do. on him. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I think that, you know, we've gone over this year, I think this will be our fifth trip and every time it's hard. But also when I get there, it's so worth it. It's amazing. And we're doing this work that's incredible and so fun and exciting. But it really is so hard for me to get there. It really is. Like I have like a severe fear. And um, Jesus meets me every time, every time. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful for the way that he keeps reminding me, like, you are not in control. Like, that, you know, yeah, you none of this is of your own power you right you have to depend on me and i literally puts me in a position in a place where i have no choice but to depend on him and so there's no way for me to say oh i did all this stuff on my own no i didn't i didn't do any of this he did this mm-hmm. it's his it's for my good and his glory but he reminds me in with something that i i'm constantly trying to okay you know figure out how can I get over the sphere? I can't. It's okay. It's okay if I have that because it makes right. me defend, depend on him. And I think that's why I have that fear. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it's been, Ugh. it's been a good a lesson. It's hard, but it's good. Hi guys. Guys, the holidays are here. We are two short months out from Christmas. I can't believe it. Have you started Christmas shopping? I have the perfect gift for you. It is the Journal the Word Bible. They have editions for everyone. They have them for men. They have them for women. They have them for teens and for girls. They have the pocket edition. If you are a college student and like to carry it around, they have standard size and even large print and reference editions. There is a Bible for everyone. And there are beautiful lines in the margins for you to write your own notes, your own references, and even artwork if that is something you like to do in your Bible. I know I do, and I also know I will be stocking up on these to give to all of my friends and family this holiday. So if you are in need of a wonderful gift like the Word of God, what better gift to give? Check out journaltheword.com or visit your local Christian bookstore. And now, back to our show. What would you say to someone who might feel the nudge from mm-hmm. God to step into something unexpected, something that they mm-hmm. may not have chosen for themselves, but they feel like it's it's what God is calling them to? Yeah. But it's out of their comfort zone. It might mm-hmm. be something that's like steeped in a fear of theirs even like Mm -hmm. for me doing this podcast this is not my comfort zone right here we are yeah so what what would you say to someone who is struggling with that right now yeah I think I I mean for me it's always stuff that's out of my comfort zone that God asked me to do (laughs) it seems like um but I think going back to what we said at the beginning that phrase little by little just Mm. what God okay I'm overwhelmed by the idea of this big thing. So help me to see the thing that you want me to do, the next thing, the one thing, the small thing, um, whatever that small beginning is, you know, whatever that is, whether it's, yeah, 
buying the podcast equipment. And that's it. And don't worry about what has to happen after that. Just do that one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it's packing my bag and going to the airport. Like that is very hard, but I have to just do it because it's just that one thing. And then he'll show you the next thing and he'll be with you. And he reminds us always, I'm going ahead of you. I'm staying behind you. I'm staying with you. Yes. So you just have to go and do the thing, but don't get so caught up in the big picture because... Like, for example, for us, for the show at the beginning, I was very overwhelmed, like thinking if I, if people watch this, I don't know if they will, but if they do, what happens? Like, how do I protect my kids? How do I, what about if somebody says something bad about our family? Cause we are a transracial family. We are adoptive parents. Our family looks different. And what, what do I do? How do I, what do I, I'm going to, I can't, I can't imagine someone saying something bad about my kids or what if they judge my designs or all of these what ifs. And it was so over, but then I was like, I don't even, I don't know if anybody's going to watch this. So all I had to do was say, okay, let's figure out the house and let's make a plan and let me order some tile and okay, I need to pick paint colors. So it's like all, every one of those little things, every one of those little steps is what I had to focus on instead of the big picture of all of the what ifs, because uh-huh. it turns out God's in it, of course. And so once you get to the what ifs, he's there and he meets you there he's and he's there. already prepared you t- to get to that what if place in the all those little step-by-step things mm-hmm. that you've been doing. He's prepared you for that. And most of the time, your what if scenarios and what you think you're stepping into don't even happen. Like he has a different plan. He has a better Mm -hmm. plan. And you really don't even know what he's doing most of the time with whatever it is that you're doing, you know? So, um, yeah, I think just do the thing, the one thing, don't get caught up in the the big thing. thing. Yeah. The Uh, small thing. Uh, I love that you said that. I literally, before coming here, took this picture. I was, I had my Bible open and this was the picture that I took and it, could not tie in more beautifully. Oh. Galatians 6, 4. It says, Let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence, and their joy will be in doing what's right and being themselves and not in being affirmed by others. Mm, that's and good. And I was like, that is wow. so good. Yes, like, and it literally so says, and being themselves. Just, yeah. do, just do the work that God has for you and yes. do it with joy and do it you know, as yourself and not yes. for for the Others. world because yes. ultimately it's not the world that we answer to, right? Well, I was going to say a lot of times the things that we're uncomfortable with, like you said, the podcast or for me, the show, all of it, I'm uncomfortable with filming and doing all the things. But a lot of those things we're uncomfortable with, it's because we're thinking, how are people going to perceive this? How am I going to be judged? Me. What are people going to think? It's all about people and me, not about how can God yes. use it? And so that's where those insecurities and fears and doubts, they all come from thinking about the audience instead of the Mm -hmm. one audience we should only focus on. And so that sounds easy to shift your focus, but it's not easy. It's really hard when you're stepping into something and you're putting yourself out there. Um, And I'm sure Shay deals with this as well with music. Like when you do Mm -hmm. something specifically creative, a creative Mm -hmm thing. You're really being so vulnerable. Vulnerable. You really are. You're saying, this is something that is a part of who I am. This is Mm -hmm. a gift that God gave me. I'm putting it out there for the world to see and judge 
and critique and affirm or whatever they're going to do with it. But it's it's a vulnerability and it's a very hard thing to do to put yourself out there. Um, but you have to, if you're going to do it, you have to go into it with the, the mindset of not worrying about the audience of the people, of just of God. He's the only one who matters. Right. If you fear glory. him, you need fear of nothing else. You know, he's the only right. one. And it is hard though, when you read people's judgments or you hear well, things that, you know, it's hard. I, I mean, you're you're now on a platform, right? You're right. you now have this huge, like a worldwide audience. So it's like for better or for worse. And I used to right. say, when I'm married, Shay, I used to say, well, he's in the spotlight, but I married right. him, so I'm in the sidelight. And I didn't want to be necessarily. I mean, right. literally, I didn't even want to date him because of what he did. Yes. <laughs> but, but, you know, when I was in it, I was like, okay, God, I'm just... I'm going to give you the glory. Like whatever mm-hmm. eyes come to me, I just want to point right. them back up because that's yes. not what I'm here for. Yes. Uh, and I think that that's really all he ever asked anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, even what you say about like making yourself less and looking, yeah. you know, towards others and looking towards God, like fixing your eyes on God. Mm-hmm. Because even if you look at statistics of like depression and yeah you know, suicide and like, even in teens and kids, like, you know, we've got kids and we, but it's that exposure to other people and the comparison that it brings Mm -hmm. and, and the, the need for validation from the world. Yes. Yes. And it's like, that's the counterculture that we're pushing against is to put ourselves out there Mm -hmm. while not making it about us. Right. Yeah. Like that's yep. that's the juxtaposition. Yes. Putting it's ourselves so out there yes. for God's glory, but it's not about us. Yes. It's about who we can help and what God is asking us to do there. Yeah. So yes. you are you've been so faithful. You've answered that call so well. Is there is there anything else you want to share about fostering and your ministry? Yeah, no, we you know, our daughter we adopted our daughter when she was two and a half, and that was a crazy long process. That was, I feel like, like you said, training ground, like God prepares you. He was preparing us through that process for so much of what was to come and who his, what his heart is, who, what his character is, all of those things. But um, we are really passionate about adoption, but even more so about keeping families together. That's something that we're really um just adoption is based in brokenness. There's a need for it. Obviously, we believe in it. And we we felt called to adopt, but not everyone does. And that's good. It's that's it's a hard thing. Um, mm. But if we can keep kids and moms together in the first place, that's plan A. Plan B is adoption. Um, not that our daughter is plan B, but just that the way God right. created families. So that's something that we've really... Um, tried to focus on as far as how can we help. And so we've part, we partnered many years ago with um, an organization called Help One Now, and they are all about trying to break the cycle of extreme poverty around the world and keep mm-hmm. one of the main goals is education, but also keeping families together. Those two things are really important and empowering families. We have a um, family empowerment program. So you mm-hmm. basically are giving, um, skills to parents and helping them launch new businesses. And we, we back, there's a whole, we have a two-year program where we basically put these families through this program. The parents can then essentially get 
have a job, have a, a career, uh, start a new business, help their whole community, and also support their kids, send their kids to school, mm-hmm. all of those things. But really just keeping that family together. And we work locally in our community with the children's shelter and with foster programs. And um, we are huge advocates here too, but our, for whatever reason, God really put Africa, specifically right now, Zimbabwe is where we've been working for 10 years on our hearts. And we get a lot of questions like, well, what about, what are you doing here? And we are doing stuff here. We are. But the need, the the need there is just so different. The extreme level of poverty Mm -hmm. is so different than um, we see in our community. And so really getting um, our, our, our farm here, we um, fund a training program as well in Zimbabwe, just specifically through our farm, um, where we take orphaned and abandoned teens and put them through, I mean, they, if they want to join the program, they go through this program and it's basically a trade school. Um, it's an, it's a farm. They learn how to do, they learn how to farm. They learn construction, welding, the girls, there's, um, sewing, there's all these different trades that they learn because Uh they don't have they don't have a family. They don't have any way support when system. they turn 18. They have no support system. So we're trying to give them skills to to be the change in their community. And that's where right. it starts, education. Um, but education is complicated because you can't just send a 15-year-old to school who's been living on the streets all his life and he's never right. gone to school. Right. And um, the public school system there is very different. And so it doesn't work. So sending him to school is not going to help. He's not going to, mm-hmm. that's just not going to work. So right. we're... So we're focused on, and, and it's not our idea. It was our, our leaders on the ground, John and Orpa, who they are Zimbabwean. They know their community and they know their needs. And they basically said, this is, this is what we want to do. And we said, okay, let's help you. And like, we just, our farm trans- funds their program and they are the ones doing the work um, there. Mm-hmm. And they are the most godly, incredible, joyful just humble and just amazing people that you I've ever met. I've ever known. They're two of my um, just mentors of the faith, also heroes of the faith, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and our kids consider them grandparents. Like they are part of our family. We've been there. They've been here. Um, we just consider them part of our family. And so whenever every year when we do our big Berry Fest fundraiser, our kids are part mm-hmm. of it. They've been a part of it, the berry farm from day one. I mean, Charlotte was in my back in a carrier on my back while we were planting the berry plants. But every summer they help completely. The boys always do a lemonade stand. The kids are always out picking. They're always doing all this and they donate all that they know the money, where the money's going. They know it's going to John and Orpa and the work John and Orpa are doing. And I think that's what makes it so impactful and so Mm -hmm. life-changing for our family and heart. It's the posture of the heart again, Mm -hmm. because we know it's, it's community. It's not just nameless, faceless. We're sending a check. It's we are, we are in community, even though we live across the globe, they are, they are family and we love them. We, they love us. We all are in this together to to change our community here because our community is very much impacted by the work and by the farm and their mm-hmm. community there. They the the communities are very different. The work is very different, but they're both being ministries impacted. happening and being impacted and families are impacted by both yes. facets. Um mm. so yeah, it's it's I think 
you know, if you ask Dave or I what our kind of what we want our legacy to be and what we our legacy is for our kids, it is the berry farm. Like that's that's yeah. what we're the most passionate about is that work. Um, and I think teaching them to have a heart of generosity, but mostly, yes, that's very important, but also to have just the, to understand the importance of relationship. And no, because if you're different than someone and you have a right. relationship with them, you are, mm-hmm. it's, it's okay. Like that's what the right. world needs. We need to be that's... allowed to communicate as sit across the table from one another and be super different and speak different languages and all the things, Absolutely. but know that we're in our core humans and we have that humanity and we have them. We're in, all image bearers of God. And so I think them understanding that has been um, really just, that's, that's, what the best I mean, part like, of all of it is, you know. That's the greatest part. And that is, yeah. it's your legacy. It's not not even yeah. just, you know, Berry Farms and like all the kids and all the people whose lives right. are impacting, but you're very children because yes. they're not just yes. doing the work, but they have seen their parents who've come together and built this life and have lived their life for other people in the spotlight. And that is not an easy thing to do. And I so applaud you for it. And to go back to something you said about yeah. um, it not being for everyone in Zimbabwe or, yes. you right. know, wherever it is, I, I just want to pull out, I know many people in ministry and they will tell you, I've heard at least that God puts a specific area, a specific yes. nation, a specific call or people on your heart. And that is what God calls you to. Exactly. I know people and it's Haiti. I know people yep. and it's, you know, yes. just across the board, but that's why we are considered the body of Christ. It takes all parts to be the hands and feet. We can't all be in the same place doing the same thing, or we wouldn't be effective. Um, He calls us to all places. He calls us to all nations. Yes. Um, And so So for anyone that's ever said a bad word about that or has made you feel guilty about what about here? God yeah. will put that on someone's heart for here, mm-hmm. you know? And exactly. if you see a need, then that probably means that God's calling you to fill it. Exactly. So yes. I just wanted to speak to Amen. that because <laughs> I do I do hate Thanks. naysayers yeah. and I do hate when someone has yes. to point to something negative about something yep. that you're desperately, you know, hoping to be a light in that area. So is there anything else that you want to share about or anything else that's been on your heart or a favorite unexpected before we wrap up? I don't know if people know that we're doing a project yes. with your family. I didn't family. know we were allowed to say that. Oh, yeah, I, we are. I was Why like... Not? Oh, no, okay. I don't know what we're allowed to say. I, I just get in trouble afterwards. A little afterwards. teaser. Yeah, yes. a little teaser. It's fun. You know what? We'll ask for forgiveness. How about that? Yes, exactly. I'm not going to give anything away, but we are working with your family and Jay's yes. family, extended family, um, on a project for the show. And so it's yeah. been really so sweet for us to get to know all of your, your family better. Um, and it's the kids. I remember we went down the summer and the kids, the, the all kids just, play. They were yeah. like, I was on. We were on our way. No, it was last spring. We were on our way to spring break, spring and you break. were visiting mm-hmm. Shay's parents. And we stopped on our way, and the kids had a ball. Like they were instant yeah. friends, and I loved. See, I just love that. I love how yeah. kids can just go and just and, pick up. Yes, and our families just were. It was just a sweet time, and um, our kids always ask about the project that we're working on, and they want to go back down. And anyway, it's a very exciting project. 
so it exciting, is. actually. It's really cool. But it is. Um, that is a little teaser. Yeah, so you it will is. be on season five, Hannah. <laughs> All right. Um, and it and honestly, it just gives us time to see you. And that's what I'm most yes, excited about. That's exactly. So, yeah. But you're right. The kids picked and, up, like, I mean, just like yes. family. Yes. And we get to work with Shay's dad, who you mentioned earlier, Rick, yes. um, on this project. He's a builder. He's and he's been, he's been helping us because it's about an hour and a half away from our house. So we long. have him mm-hmm. on the ground and he truly, both of Shay's parents, oh my gosh, they are just um, the real deal. The, like they are just the good, best. good people. You sit, like just when we're working and then we go to lunch and both of them, like just everything they say is so intentional. Like each of every mm-hmm. word has carries so much weight and meaning and wisdom. And it's been really amazing to be around both Cindy and Rick, they're incredible and they are all of the family. So anyway, it's, it's good to see. Um, yeah, just it is. being, I know it's always fun to see extended families, you know, I love it. it. So it's been a fun and, project. And well, and the other part too, is let's not forget that I think Dave and Shay could have been born brothers. They're so yes. similar. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're dreamers. They really are. Yes. They're dreamers. And I they love are. that about them. Um, yes. And you know what? It it makes for a really exciting life, right? Maybe it does. one that's unexpected, but yes, but you never know what's going to happen. Just like today, I I didn't realize we were you know doing all the things today, but here we are. So it does. It's okay. unexpected and exciting and fun, and it's always an adventure, which is good. So yeah, it is. Well, Jenny, thank you so much. Really, I can't thank you enough. I know you've oh got gosh, a thousand and one things going on in your life. <laughs> You've got kiddos, you've got ministry work, you've got work work, um, you've got renovations, you're doing it all, (laughs) and you still took time out to visit with us today. And I know that someone out there is going to get something from it. So I can't wait to see you. We're actually coming in in like two weeks-ish, so maybe I'll get to see you and like hug your neck in person. But I'm glad that I got to catch you here today. Me too. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. I always love talking to you. I love you. Love you too. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share the show with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark. 